Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa, OVS. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. You can have a problem with me, and I'll have the solution. <laughs> I'm disengaging from disengaging, and if you disagree, I'm disengaging. <laughs> okay, that was cute. That was cute. It was, was fine. Cute. Just like it Meredith, just like Meredith's <laughs> whole approach this season, it was fine. <laughs> Just like Meredith in everything but her confessionals this episode, which I thought were truly iconic, <laughs> it was fine. It'll do. That'll do, babe. That'll do is <laughs> how I feel about your tagline and mine. I think yours is actually better than mine. Anyway, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 280. Big number. <sighs> Big number, big guest. Big number, big guest. You guys, I'm so excited to have one of my favorite co-hosts, but more importantly favorite people back on the people's people's couch perfect timing because maybe my couch is (laughs) picked up tonight maybe it's not or some apartment drama some twists and turns taking place and no one better to write the drama happening to produce it to create it to show run it than someone who knows a little bit about these things because you could call him a writer, you can call him a producer, you can call him a director, creator, showrunner, an aspiring Real Housewife. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, James LaRosa. Yay for me! (laughs) (laughs) James LaRosa, James, Jimothy, Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jim Jam. One of my favorite people ever. I have been a sort of a negligent friend, which we can get to 
Oh God, have you? I haven't. I haven't noticed. I'm excited to call you to task for it, though. No, I'm mad. I feel like I have. I have not been as good a friend with checking in on you as I as I uh, as I feel like I normally am until like maybe a month or so ago. I feel like I feel like I've been a little not as great a friend to you as you deserve. Wow, really. that's the, gonna... what's the one thing that is never said on Salt Lake City is what you just said. I feel like I haven't been as good a friend to you as. <laughs> Am I Meredith? Am I Lisa? Am I Whitney? Am I Mary? Am I Je- I'm any of them? I'm not Jenny because I feel like no one has any story with Jenny. But everyone else is a friend um, ignored. True, unless it's Mary and she's like, please continue doing the. I, but you know, what? I love it most of all. I feel a great like, episode. I, well, I feel like I've also solved your couch problem. Could you just put some like signage from Mary's church on it, and then it'll just disappear? <laughs> Okay, you guys, so a quick debrief on both of these counts. Number one, I've never had an adult human person couch before, and I have a couch coming tomorrow, 50% off West Elm, fingers crossed. Only reason it's actually being delivered this year is because we got it from the outlet. Shout out, love of my life, Tori Lisi from Studio Piccolo. Being delivered in the morning, I haven't seen it. Final (laughs) sale. How could this go wrong? I've seen it over FaceTime, but not like anything else. But I'm really excited about it. But that means I have to get rid of the iconic people's people's couch OG, which you have sat on. Other celebrities have sat on. <laughs> other celebrities. <laughs> other celebrity. You are a celeb. You are. Sure. Other housewives have sat on it. Bravo people, my favorite people. All the people have sat on it. And it was, I did feel a little bit of like, oh, like new beginning with my, this beautiful couch that I've not, I mean, spiritually beautiful, not like literally beautiful, that I've loved for so long sending it along its merry way until like shit keeps falling through for people to pick it up. And now I look at it with rage and I'm like, I have 12 hours to get fucking rid of this thing. Otherwise, I'm throwing it out my window or being charged. You can't like leave it on the street here in New York. They charge they charge you between one and three hundred dollars. Can you believe that? But if you like tape something on it that said like this is the people's people's couch, you don't think that it would just be snatched right up? I'm gonna tape something on it that's like if you want to leave Andy Scrolls a five star iTunes review, this couch is yours, which ordinarily would also be yours if you just wanted to take it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let's do a little exchange. I can figure out exactly what Kelly Ben Simone's jogging route is. She can just yes. swing, we just put it right in her jogging path and off she goes. Listen, the woman loves to run. <laughs> alongside traffic, which is my favorite. As someone who has no sense of direction nor basic protocol for safety, mm-hmm. I appreciate that about her because my instinct would be to do the same, which is how you know that's a bad instinct. Like, I I love that journey for her. I love it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Yes. Well, I and, and, and maybe the other bit is, I feel like you've talked about Mary's church being gone with the wind fabulous, less than fabulous, or no. Well, Well, this sort of just came out and guys, apologies, the COVID cough continues, but um, it just sort of came out. I want to say in like the last couple days, or I at least caught wind of it in the last couple days that all the signage outside of her church is gone and (laughs) it may have been condemned or (laughs) not, not at all, sus, not at all, sus. 
I mean, someone sent Jesus after that church is how I'm getting the sense of things. I this is not that we don't this is not the moment to even say this, but I really have to wonder can how we? you can be the head of a church and be in a television show. Like you're basically seeing someone that you think of allegedly as Jesus and she's on a reality show having all these like fights with other people like how do you run a church while also like running the crazy train on television I mean I have to say there is something to be said and this is a conversation um I would love to have on AG or the Patreon with someone from the evangelical space who's also ideally also a bravo viewer is aware of the mary stuff because i do think that there's an element of this that is missing from my perspective because it's just a world in which i was not raised i was raised a liberal fakakta jew like in rhode island shooting the shit like rabbi gutterman at my the craziest thing he ever did is like wear a fun costume to like children's services that like made him look like bigfoot like which was adorable it was, it was super cute but like we there was nothing else of that like it was just like a very chill progressive temple in rhode island and it's a very different experience to be in that world all of which to say aside from the moral questions which deserve to be asked and will likely never be answered. I do wonder with the advent of reality TV and the idea of pursuing and chasing fame and also knowing that, you know, like the Justin Bieber going to the big fellowship churches, a lot of those pastors, and I don't know if pastor is the right term. I think it's the right term, but like the leadership at, at many of these huge, large-scale churches are seen as genuine celebrities profiled in the Times, like getting, you know, square footage in page six. Like there is an idea of chasing fame, which for many of us does not necessarily make sense in, within the context of religion, which is oftentimes very serious and very focused on the sincere. She is not the only person in the world in the faith space to be doing something that people might misconstrue con not misconstrue but people might equate with like how are you doing this when your job is to be you know a, a person of faith and a leader it is obviously magnified by the fact that she chose housewives specifically and also you know that there are some questions around her business strategy but, but she's the only one I know whose parishioners allegedly think she's God. Like, I, there might be some other pastors running around going, mm, I saw yes. what you did on TV, but, you know, she's, she's, she's allegedly, I mean, allegedly. Well, I mean, what is somewhat, you know, connected to this, there's a conversation that's taking place with um, a content creator uh, uh, who's the host of Up and Adam, who's been on Andy Scrolls before, uh, friend of the pod, who has an interview coming out this week, guys. You can see it at, at Up and Adam with Mary's mother and stepfather, okay. which is... <laughs> If you're, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say, but I'm definitely listening. I'm ready for it. The trailer came out, you know, the 
the Mary's mom paints her certainly as a victim and as a victim of Robert Sr. and maybe his manipulation. And, you know, from what I've read from former congregants of Mary's church, the idea that Mary was seen as an extension of of God or a represent not a representation of it, like a a, a manifestation of God, whatever that actual uh, idea is from what I have read the the small amount that I've read it sounds like that is a new idea that did not occur when Mary's grandmother was the face and focus of the church in that community so I find that really interesting because if you know I, I just wonder who introduced that idea. Was it Mary? Was it Robert Sr.? Was it well, based on an atmosphere they created? I don't know that we'll, we'll ever know. Well, perhaps we'll find out in this interview. We'll, we'll definitely see it at the reunion. Oh, no way. Oh. <laughs> you know, the one thing, though, that I feel like uh, we, Mary, avoided by not going to the reunion is joining the pantheon of hideousness that were those reunion dresses. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, Yikes. listen, I am team Meredith when it comes to Brooks saying, hey, look, there's my mom's friend's genitalia. I don't know that I necessarily want to see that right now. And maybe some of the producers were also saying it also, <laughs> which we'll get to. And But like I, there is the idea that like there are aspects of like things that Brooks has done that I completely understand with like maybe being awkward at some points on camera and and saying things and having confessionals. I'm totally on board and I'm on board with him saying that regardless of what Jen thinks about it. That being said, this fucking endless collaboration with Brooks and Christian Cowan, a designer I hadn't heard of, which says more about me than it does Christian, to be honest. I don't know like the world of the passionate use of color and feathery but it <laughs> needs to end that was a that's a crisis what we this is a crisis bethany's next be strong fundraiser is to get meredith a stylist who she's not related to because that fucking outfit is listen abhorrent. she but listen she says yes she is not handcuffed they hold these garish two feathered bare ass outfits in front of her and she says you know what Yes. She holds out her arm. She has that jacket slipped on and she looks like what I, I called her madam from which no one will no one will get because that's an old that puppet, Madam the Puppet. You're even looking oh, yeah, at me quizzically and you're, I even said I already explained it to you. You're just like, that I got it. You know you excuse me the phone, but I got it. I mean, get it when you texted me, but, but I got it when you sent me the phone. But I will say that yeah, Meredith is a hot mess, but somehow everyone kind of stepped up to join her in how like that outfit is so hideous and somehow it kind of blends in with everybody else's. Jen's is bonkers. Uh, Heather's is boring and somehow also still gross. And uh, Lisa's is, everything is just wrong. And not in a good, well, maybe in a good, uh, mm, eh, if you're gonna be the best, well, oh God. I just went through a whole journey right there. I just hate them. They are, they were wildly, tough it was uh, there's a lot of chaos going on with those outfits I did feel like it was somewhat consistent in that <laughs> everyone looked somewhat insane yeah I didn't actually think that Jen Shaw's was the worst I uh, maybe I don't know I guess oh Meredith I think no I think Meredith's was the worst Meredith's was the worst yeah Jen was competing 
Meredith was the worst, but they were all jo- when you said they were it was consistently chaotic. I thought you meant with the season because I feel like this whole season has been sort of like a slow emotional like breakdown for everybody. Like it's just gotten crazier and crazier all season. And the, like the outfits are sort of like the level five monster that you have to beat to win the video game of season two. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think winning looks like for this season? Winning? Oh, what does winning look like on this show? Um, winning, winning. Here's what I think winning looks like this season because there's been so many questions, so many unanswered things. I think winning this season would be somehow pulling off a moment like the uh, four part Atlanta reunion where some new piece of information, the whole like, uh, Portia and Phaedra and Candy, that whole thing, like some new piece of information that's a big jaw dropper that is finally a moment of truth that makes some of the shit make sense. Like why are Marion, why is Meredith so far at Mary's ass? What, like what is behind some of the things that have gone on? Someone pulling off a big reveal that is really like answers something because so much is not answered. You've got like two people on the show who are allegedly doing some sort of gross criminal potential stuff. And then you've got other people who are sort of around them who are um, behaving really strangely. You have a third, Whitney, who her husband is potentially involved in some sort of financial shenanigans as well. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has stuff and none of it is really been satisfyingly addressed yet. So if someone can pull off like a mic drop, like that we had like, you know, you said that, you did that, well, you know, that whole like thing with Candy and Phaedra, someone needs to do that. I mean, I think that's probably what Jen is attempting to do. She's attempting to say, Meredith, <coughs> you did these things and here's the big reveal is that you you were stooping someone and having an affair or, or much more uh, sort of importantly from the purpose of uh, stakes and also plot you are the one who created the lie that I was engaged in fraudulent activity and leaked it or told the FBI and yours the reason that I might be facing jail I mean Jen is attempting to do that it just so happens that it's so outside the realm of possibility <laughs> right. reality that people aren't even engaging with it because it's so absurd. So it's like, could something really happen that would be a bigger shock than Jen's arrest this season? I don't mean a bigger shock. I mean, just an answer to a A question. Because it's, there's so many questions this season that they are dead. Like even this week, like that whole sitting down and like, let's just put everything on the table. And they started to ask questions. Nothing was answered. There was no like, oh, like, like you're just sort of waiting for somebody to say something that makes something that people have done make sense. Like why was, why were Lisa and like becoming friends with Jen and, you know, when Meredith was her friend and why, like all these sort of like questions. I mean, I, I, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Am I crazy? No, no, no. I'm not. I don't mean to do that at all. I just wonder from the basis of reality. I don't know that the answer is going to be 
as straightforward as some of us would like it to be. Like when it comes to the conversation around Lisa developing a friendship with Jen and not staying loyal to Meredith, Lisa might argue that that sense of loyalty hasn't been she hasn't received. So like, why is the loyalty only within the framework of her friendship with Meredith? Why can't she also, I'm just devil's advocating here. Yeah. Why can't she also be loyal to Jen? I, I just, I wonder if some of the questions around loyalties and friendships and like confusing choices, I wonder if some of the reasons that they haven't been answered is because the answer is, too complicated and nuanced even for some of the women involved to recognize or admit you know why do you think and i know this has been asked probably a million times why do you think meredith is so team mary to the point where she's like i mean i don't know if it's racist i wouldn't say it and you're like oh my god what are you doing like what what's behind that you think i don't know what's behind it but i wonder what's behind I don't know what's behind like the interpersonal dynamics specific between Mary and Meredith from the lens of Meredith's choices, but I do question, it's like less a, a question for her and more just a general question, her positioning, which for a while was all morality driven around the idea of Jen doing these things, you know, um, uh, g going after vulnerable people, she would never do that. And then attacking her family, it's at once that morality lens, but then also strategy, which is where I would put in some of the Mary stuff. I mean, it is to me a strategic response to say, this person who has been cruel to you has been nice to me. So I am going to afford a level of friendship that means that I may now act on things in a way that you disagree with or that I would have if this involved Jen or somebody else, maybe even Lisa with whom there's current tension. Like it feels to me a little, I don't know if that's in any way, it's less an answer and like maybe a possible window. I'm like leaving a little bit ajar. It, it doesn't help Meredith in any way for me to respond in that. I just, I think, I think some of her instincts are muddled and maybe it's because she's an imperfect person. Maybe it's because she wants to bury Jen. Like, I, I don't really know what the, the full reason is. I could get behind that if Mary weren't such a loon. Like, I just don't see Meredith and Mary like hanging out necessarily off the show. And Mer Mary just has, you know, like people have crazy eyes where you're just like, there's some, like, she's just, there's, there, there's wires that aren't connected. Like I just, if Meredith holds herself as if she's, um above it all and savvy and whatever like what conversation are you having with mary uh, i gotta tell you not to say that you know I, I just gotta say i thought mary's responses in the moments directly at that dinner table were pretty astute and spot on i thought she was funny i thought she was quick i thought she was sharp with stuff i thought the way that she was like saying to whitney like essentially like i don't have capacity to have this conversation with you i.e. I don't have capacity to do it tonight but like maybe not ever so like <laughs> chill out like you're you're asking for for a reckoning or understanding of why we're not friends but we're not friends so like why are you looking why are you fighting for something when you want to fight with me instead like Whitney is some of Whitney's behaviors and questions like make sense but sometimes 
they don't. And I thought Mary just kind of blowing her off and being like, I'm not going to participate in this was I thought her disengaging was actually pretty smart and pretty quick. Okay, so counterpoint to that. Yeah, please do. The whole Mary Whitney friendship was was allegedly like a friendship. You didn't answer the phone and she was carpooling. And so now Mary has completely been like, we are no longer friends. And now the fact that she's like, I just don't have to give to you what you need from me. I'm like, that's not really a response. Like explain what happened to like this friendship. You're crazy. I don't think Mary cared for Whitney at the same level that Whitney did for Mary, which is why the single moment of disrespect triggered her and triggered her into a response where she's like I'm going to make you feel bad for this I'm going to punish you I'm gonna send you a, a outfit that has nothing to do doesn't Jesus is I mean that has nothing to do with what anybody else is wearing to try to humiliate you it's like not a sign of goodness in Mary's heart but it to me, if I was Whitney and like if this person went from zero to a thousand because I didn't answer the phone for a couple hours because I was with my kids, like how many times do you need to explain that to them before you get the message that they don't care for you enough to understand it? Like Meredith has not Meredith. Uh, Mary has told you explicitly like she doesn't care about you and your friendship. So what? when are you going to listen to her? Like, what's the other reason behind this? Mary has essentially given a speech that was similar to that to nearly every other woman on the show. So I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. you've you've written yourself out of the out of the series. I mean, clearly she didn't go to the reunion, but it's just like she had the bust up with Jenny. She had the thing with Lisa and the whole like with Heather. And I was just like, how like she's just, anyway. I, I clearly have feelings about Mary. No, I think a lot of, I mean, there's something about Mary. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> but is there? Think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, you know, it sort of, to me, it, to her, it might have, um, uh, you know, it might have begun the idea around everyone is so angry at me that this is like leading to my exit from the show because this isn't fun. I don't actually necessarily necessarily believe that. I think it was getting the critique from the audience at the same point as cast members are critiquing her on episodes. I don't think it was because she was mired in conflict with some members of the cast. I actually think that the voice of the audience she wasn't prepared for and was very angry by the fact that people wouldn't let the mouse go people were saying to her you're doing things that are not okay and she was like well I don't need to deal with this I'm just gonna walk away but the fact that she was in a lot of shit with several members of the cast I think benefited her value and supported her value to the show um and if she had I think had she listened to Andy ultimately of course this wouldn't have ended well for her because there's so many questions around the church that she's so obviously unwilling to answer there's like a lot of darkness there but I think she could have gotten around a lot of this stuff if she was really interested in a future on the show by going to the reunion she just wasn't she was like I don't need to do this I don't Mary's not going to take any kind of critique from anybody on screen and off. And I feel like that was probably her the biggest reason for her to leave. But I, I think that my thing with Mary, and we don't have to have this be the Mary hour, but I, no, my, I think it should be. Well, my, <laughs> welcome to the Mary hour. Uh, I just don't, 
if someone doesn't have any real connection with anyone on the show, and for me, that connection with Meredith is not real. Like if someone doesn't really have a friendship with anyone, I just kind of go, where do you go from here? I didn't buy any of Mary's relationships with anyone on the show. Yes, she's someone you can talk about because her church is allegedly bananas. And, you know, she's got a closet full of fun stuff and she's giving away, you know, uh, brand name tchotchkes to the other girl like there's like funny bits but I'm not invested in her a, 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 as a part of the show but it could just be me but I just find her to be sort of like there's not there's not a lot of substance it's hard to besides like watching someone like having her um explain uh she said at some point she was talking about Whitney and she was saying uh, like, she, she, like Whitney has to have her and then she waved her arms around for like 45 seconds and then like self-controlment and then like that was her like confessional I was like well, I don't even know what you just said what so anyway I just I just don't think I speak Mary help me translate I mean <laughs> I do think this is like such a left turn and forgive me everyone um for saying this but when it comes to like relationships with women with cast members I think to me there's a difference between being on your own island and having relationships that maybe a person can question as far as like how real is this but on the surface and for the purposes of the show and of alliance seems like it's uh, a relationship that works to the satisfaction of both of these people or at least did to some point like Mary and Meredith, regardless of how we feel about it, and I continue to be very confused really by Meredith's behavior in support of Mary that do Meredith such a disservice. Regardless of that, it's a friendship that works for them. It might not work for me in my relationships, but I I understand aspects of it, even if I don't agree with it. And I also don't think that Mary's on as much of an island as maybe some of us perceive that she is or has been, myself included, because there are ways that other cast members have relationships with her that for whatever service level or whatever, somebody is putting in work. It might be because they're on this show and they don't want to upset her or maybe because she got them an expensive gift or you know, maybe it's just like this is the environment they're in so you can be friends with your coworker or not, but it would seem to be more of a benefit for you to be friends. And because she has wielded a certain amount of power, like in episodes past and maybe last season as well, like <clears throat> this comparison isn't going to make any sense. So forgive me here, but like how many true friendships does Heather Dubrow have with members of her cast? Oh, we'll, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't I don't know that when it comes to true friendships like not everyone is gonna be Heather and Whitney and maybe that's kind of important to have people here who like don't necessarily fit into this quote-unquote friendship circle or cast for whatever reason you could argue that in some way I mean certainly last season Heather wouldn't have made any sense Heather Dubrow but like it doesn't mean that they don't necessarily add value in other ways like this is going to be the one and only time where I attempt to make an argument by comparing Mary somewhat credibly with Heather Dubrow but like 
hopefully somewhat credibly or maybe it's a joke but like I there is something to me in the idea of like I don't think that Heather Dubrow is interested in being like good friends with any of her cast members but she's kind of making it work or if it's not working that becomes a part of the story like there there can be the idea of someone not necessarily working in some of these uh areas of friendship that could maybe be a part of the storyline i guess the only things that i see mary do uh mary see mary doing are talking to her like uh, her closet who she somehow both they're her best friends and also she gives them away and doesn't notice they're gone um and showing up at these events going oh what am i doing here uh, looking around I don't want to be here I'm gonna just being unpleasant to everyone and then like but listen obviously she has value because she's all we've been talking about she's the <laughs> she she's the she's the uh she's the meat of this uh chat but uh, yeah I guess whatever I mean uh, I won't miss her how's that <laughs> I mean it doesn't I, I told I totally hear you and it's like one of those unless things I haven't made that clear make- <laughs> What? I'm shocked. <laughs> um, it's she is one of those elements where it's like, has she made me very uncomfortable before? Yes. Have I been like viscerally upset about things that she had said specifically this season, especially uh repeated racist remarks? A hundred percent I have. Have I been really grossed out by some of her behavior on social? Like a hundred percent. But there is also this is something to be said. You can't say that that moment of her showing up at that ceremony and being like, I'm cool, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay on the side because I don't want to engage in this wasn't a little bit funny like there is still value that can be found in this person who you may question as far as like their moral character she wouldn't be the first nor last housewife to do that she's not the one currently facing federal charges but I I mean (laughs) there is still I mean (laughs) but like Um, you know, Meredith just needs to get another hobby, apparently. And I guess those charges will be forthcoming. But, um, you know, there is still the possibility to enjoy the ride while it lasts. If if you feel like you haven't been directly attacked by her and you feel like you haven't been directly triggered by her and you feel like, you know, it depends. It's, to me, it depends a little bit on how you're watching the show in the same way that I argued Ramona was like a fucking piece of shit. And I heard from other people who were like, yeah, she's a piece of shit. But like on Ultimate Girls Trip, she added value by being an absolute monster and mess because other people held her accountable. It's like I take I take a dozen Marys over a half of Ramona. I just want to yeah, put that I out agree there. With that. No, I, I actually agree with that. But um, I don't know. It's like one. she is such a big question mark and we're never going to get the period on the end of that sentence because she no showed at the reunion. But, you know, when it comes to like the Meredith and Mary of it all, I mean, what do you think is behind that? What do you think is driving it? And and what does truth in friendship mean to you? Like, what's the scale? To me specifically, about yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I don't know what's going on with the Meredith Mary of it all. I there's been the Meredith arc this season has been both uh (laughs) I don't know it's it's been whiplash because she had everyone in the palm of her hand and within one episode Mm -hmm. lost everyone (laughs) 
And yeah. I thought for someone who manicures, manicures is not the right word, mana, what's the other one? You, uh, oh, damn it, what's pedicure? that word? <laughs> who pedicures her image. <laughs> you know what, the, I can't think of it. It's the, it's the- Massages? No, it's no. like a museum term possibly when you- man- Curates? Thank you. It has nothing to do with an M, but yes. Who curates, I don't know. Let's just move off of that. But who works so hard. <laughs> my God, this conversation I'm trying to convey is like a Meredith outfit. Who really works hard to come off as like the, you know, the buck stops with her as far as what is like cool and, and sophisticated and whatever. And I just don't like to somehow be like, and you know, Mary's the one that's it. I'm going to get behind this one here. Like she's, she went from uh, so such a high to such like a flame out. Um, and I don't know if that was the point I was going to make. I think I got so sidelined, but the curate and I don't think I landed on the word, but anyway, uh, I don't understand what Mary's about, uh, what Meredith is about. I really don't. And actually, uh, so I can't, I don't really know what's going on with her and Mary. That's something I would love to know because it makes as little sense to me as it seems to make to everyone else. Um, I, Meredith to me in general is an enigma. I mean, like she's, mm. she's, she's taken this concept of disengaging as like her brand. Mm -hmm. She like, she disengaged twice in just this one episode. She walked away from two different things. And one, if I walked away from my job, twice in one week, I would be fired. But this woman is just picking up paychecks. Like, I don't understand how that's additive to a television show when you just walk away. I mean, at least Mary was like, I want to sit here. I, she's like, I don't want to go upstairs. I want to remain at the table and watch the fight. No, like, she wanted potatoes. She wanted meat I mean, and she wanted doesn't? potatoes. Who doesn't at the end of the day? Um, who doesn't? And uh, yeah, so I don't quite get Meredith. I want to get Meredith. I actually was one of those people that I was like, I'm in your hand lady at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I just fell off going, wow, like where something is going on here. Um, but like, I look at her Instagram and I even sent you her like mm -hmm. one post that she did where she was so like face tuned to within an ounce where she was like transformed into like a 24 year old, like Kardashian or something that was just like, and I was like, who is this woman? Like, I, I don't, she's such a, which I guess makes it interesting because she's sort of a complex little bag of stuff, but yeah, I don't get her. I mean, it's hard when someone who seemed to be like viewed as iconic by so many people because of how precise she was. So messy. Now, yeah, now airs on the side of like muddled stuff, but also performance, like the face tuning. I, I am confused by face tuning. I don't know how to use it. I have never myself <sighs> used it before I uh -huh. went to dinner with someone and I had a big fucking pimple on my face and I was like do you know how to fucking remove neither of us did so I was like all right let me just <laughs> throw my hand on my cheek and make that look cool like I'm not I'm too lazy for it it's not gonna it's not my future but god bless was that me was I that person no, that I'm remembering a, you. that was a no that was my friend Greg yours was a different pimple okay I had a different all right pimple <laughs> that day than the pimple that I have with my friend Greg at Palma okay okay okay, okay. um but, you know, there is, you know, it's like I look at her social. I'm like, is this a perform? Are we watching a performance artiste take place? Because the face tuning and the posing and some of the social, I'm like, this isn't she's filtered herself into nothingness. She has full. It is a full. 
her big, oh, what like all these iconic moments that she has, the bathtub staged, funny, but staged. She's in the bathtub for 17 hours while she's, it's goofy. Or like her whole line where she was like, oh, sweetie, you have no idea what I know. You're right, we don't, because you never say it. And do you know like what, which, do you know that when she said that to Jen and Jen is like, yeah, and she's like, you don't know, you don't know. She's she's kind of like Alexis Carrington, but without mm. the teeth and follow up. Like she does the posturing and the gesturing and she says the words, but she has no bite. So it is it is a big performance for sure with a lot of colored feathers. I mean, I would say that from the purposes of precision, I thought the bathtub was actually a good example of it, of her like making a choice and being precise in it and having it be a moment, regardless of the reality that it was so obviously staged and manufactured to be this thing. Like she loses me with the muddled sense of things in her relationship with Mary and the ways that like, as Jenny said, she really fucking fumbled with the response on um, was the racist terminology Mary used use she like in some response and they did a flashback she was like you know was it yeah she goes I don't know if it was racist but I'd never say it I was like right okay. like there was like something I forget the term that was used where she was like I don't know if it's this thing but I it was just she really kind of muddled things in a way that I don't know that she would have except for sort of attempting to protect Mary in that moment but like there is a way that she can be precise that I that I appreciate. And also like towards the end, the very end of the episode when she's losing her shit on Jen and is like, you know, you're going to call me the fraud or like whatever that phrase is that I thought landed really well. Like and I don't know that she could be credibly accused of being precise in that moment, but she was able to deliver the line in a way that felt connected and real and from a place of like genuine anger that I appreciate it it's just she's making other choices that don't necessarily make sense and she's not being I think to a lot of people honest enough like I'm all about being empathetic for people regardless of your level of friendship for them or trust in them but like the line about her Jen's friends not really being like <laughs> Good enough friends to her. She's so upset that they're not good friends to her. I can't be that friend to her now. You must. She needs you because I can't do it. Right. It felt false in the sense that like I I'm not necessarily as concerned in that context or in others about whether or not it was a performance. It just felt like you're not being honest. Like there's the idea that what Jen is saying about, you know, this woman really hates me. Like she needs to be honest that I like kind of get noting that the reason she really hates you is because you've done a lot of bad shit like attacked her family I do believe that Jen was behind whatever happened on social it sounds pretty realistic that Jen or somebody on her team was behind whatever happened with like cyber attacks or threats or whatever else like I don't I don't think that's necessarily super shocking and I could get why Meredith wouldn't want to let it go but I also think like some of this, you know, Laffy Taffy style empathy stuff, I, I'm like, all right, it feels a little, feels a little gummy to me. It feels a little chewy. <laughs> well, and if we're talking performative, have we had the conversation of why Meredith actually speaks like that? Like her, her, her. She's from Chicago. What do you mean? Like that. Wait. So the way that Meredith speaks is just a Chicago accent. That's what we're going with. <laughs> 
I think she doesn't open her mouth super big. <laughs> it just, it's almost like she sounds like Moira Rose to me all the time. Uh, where, where Whitney's like, you know what? I had this whole thing going on and you guys were late. And she was just like, sorry, I screwed up your plan. I'm like, you're what? You're what? Like, what are you saying? You know, when your internet is like not great, which is me at my 98% of uh-huh. the time where it's like sometimes slow. So like you'll hear the sound come out, but the video will be like a little pixelated. Okay. Sometimes that's like Meredith's voice or like Meredith's response where it's like there's noise coming out, but her teeth aren't moving. So that's why I feel like it's like a she has a little bit of a drawl that doesn't necessarily make sense. But I do also think a lot of it's like some Chicago so Chicago and and she's like dial up. She's a dial up modem. <laughs> dial, she's dial up Chicago. Okay. And I love me a Chicago. I love a strong accent. I love a Chicago accent, especially. I'm from New England. Nothing gets me more content, shall we say, than a strong Boston accent. I even like a strong New York accent, although I do, I would argue that Boston is more fun. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I I do enjoy like a little bit, you know, I, I do enjoy the 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 vocal aesthetic. Vocal the stylings of Meredith Mark. Yeah, I, it's like she's I mean, at least she's a good party game. Like when you when her conversation with Whitney at Mary's event and you're like, follow the bouncing ball to see if you can figure out what this woman is saying. I mean, that was that was like an activity. Wait, what? Are you suggesting? I was like, all right, at least it's giving me something to do while I'm playing Mad Libs. I mean, Can I ask you a question yes. about Meredith, but through the lens of something else? And it's sort of about Meredith, but it's really about Jen. From the perspective of like, what is this person doing? You know, does this seem real? Does it seem genuine? Why are the women participating in this narrative that Jen just created that Meredith <laughs> maybe made the these rumors up and that this whole federal investigation is is new. It just came out in the last couple months. And like, there's no long term, decade long, yada, yada. It it maybe happened because Meredith was angry. Why do you think that Heather and Whitney specifically are participating in it? I think, well, Whitney's another one who went from seemingly completely clueless to becoming the Megan King Edmonds brilliant, oh my God, this girl's everything. I'm living for her. She understood the assignment. To now you're like, oh, I think you're going down the wrong path. But correct me if I'm wrong, because I could, I sometimes mute Jen Shaw completely. So I don't like listen to what she's saying because it's just a lot of screaming. But was Jen the first person to say Meredith is responsible for this? Because I feel like they positioned this with the editing to be like Whitney and Heather coming together going, what if this happened? And then suddenly Jen's like really screaming at Meredith's face. Well, Whitney and Heather are had been positing that maybe Meredith and or Mary had gotten a heads up right. that this was taking place, which is why they didn't travel. And they've also they've said something else like that. Maybe Meredith was aware maybe in advance that something was right. happening, like maybe with the investigator. But I, I don't think that they've ever said as explicitly as Jen did this episode that like Meredith created this thing but they have responded they have given it even an ounce of oxygen which is an ounce too much (laughs) and being like well if she did then she's a piece of shit and it's like but you know like Whitney you're teaching people 
the definition of crime stuff, like you have an understanding of business ethics and whatever else. You have an understanding of the crimes being discussed. Why are you participating in this, especially if like this is a passion of yours or something in which you're well informed? It's weird because it to me, this was the first episode where Jen explicitly was saying Jen was attempting to begin a conversation to say the only reason she's facing jail time and these charges is because Meredith created the idea that she's a criminal. It sounded and I was like, did I miss something? Because it almost sounded like Jen was almost either given the idea or had those ideas in her head you know, fanned by Heather and Whitney. Like, it wasn't like Jen was doing it and then Heather and Whitney were parroting it. It almost seemed like the other way around and Jen was just drunkenly Mm. coming at her. I don't, to answer your question, I don't know know why. Um, And I think almost more, it seems like nonsense, well, partially because it, although I would love it if that was some big reveal, like, thank you, that would be worth it. Now you really are the Megan King of the Megan King. (laughs) But uh, the, 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 the um, it, it takes away from the fact that actually Jen did these horrible things. Like, I don't understand why these women are actually, ta- like the whole concept of like, okay, well, she's been accused of something and regardless, I'm gonna stand by her until I know otherwise because she needs a friend or whatever, which is all great and noble, Heather. Um, and, but ever, but the other women are like, you know, getting screamed at by her, um, fisticuffs nearly. And then Lisa's going right up to her afterwards and giving her a hug and like, you know, just, I don't, I want, like everyone is, is, is still participating in some version of a friendship with her where if I were somehow in that situation, I'd be like, chick, what are you still doing on this show? Why are you in this van with me? Why are we talking to her? Why are we pretending we're friends with her? This woman is like next level bananas. So the fact that then I really just highlights your question. Like if this, if, 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 if Heather and Whitney are doing this, A, it's taking away from that conversation and also making it worse. It's like it, like normalizing the stuff that Jen has been accused of. Yeah, it's wild when you think about Beverly Hills, uh, which had an explosive season and the idea that so many people were upset about um, the Fox Force 4 really banding together and, and eliminating questions or weaponizing... Um, uh uh Sutton I just forgot Sutton's name oh my god apologies to Sutton um but uh hashtag the Sutton concept uh really you know questioning and and attempting to deflect on uh responsibility for their own um questions not being asked and attempting to say well like Sutton is you know really the one for us to critique rather than Erica and then you look at what's happening on Salt Lake and it's like Okay, aside from the day Jen was arrested, has there been a single conversation around the actual charges and the weight of the crimes themselves? Because we got sort of a season around the dance of that and the sense that, like, Erica isn't saying anything about the victims and and all of those other important questions, but, like, 
Erica hasn't been charged with anything. Jen's not only been charged, but is seen as the ringleader by the federal government of this massive criminal conspiracy. And none of her cast that members she's her are family asking into. any questions. <laughs> that she's pulled her family into. And then she's like, you know who doesn't respect my family? My body because i showed it to your son and then when he was like hey i actually don't want to see that uh i'm making it into you saying that you've harmed my kids meanwhile we know she's hired family members and she was charged with all of these like counts relating to fraud and stuff so when it comes to who's really harmed jen's family uh looks like that harm started at home you know but with all this other stuff it's like i, I don't know i don't know it's weird to me that nobody yeah. then we're talking about meredith in this context and not jen herself it's weird well it's weird that like any other franchise they would have made a whole season out of the fact that she said oh my husband is now bleeding and i have to leave like just that alone would have right. been like, what really happened 100%. there? I contacted the hospital, but like they would have all dug in and figured it out, found out, dragged it out. That wasn't really much of a conversation. And as it was, you were like, I don't believe anything she's saying. And they're like, okay, moving on. Um, yeah, the whole gen of it all uh, is, uh, uh, I don't I don't get it. And I, I don't get how anyone would think it's at all smart to get like in the same episode she gets into essentially a physical a physical I mean I know it wasn't like a brawl but a physical yeah, situation with someone else while she's like wilding out and then later in the episode she's drunk and yelling at another right. person I'm like if you are the subject of a federal investigation you know put the old-fashioned down like drop the vodka bottle. Don't sit drunk in the kitchen going, those ladies out there are all bitches. They're all fake bitches, crunch, crunch on the stuff. Like at what point do you go, this is not in my best interest. I shouldn't do this. I don't know that Jen has ever thought about what is in her best interest versus what is my guttural reaction and that is always best. Because if I'm feeling it, it's the right and best thing to feel. She does not... She seems to think that having a filter is a sign of weakness. And that is oh, maybe like that. going. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm here all night. <laughs> um, mostly because I'm waiting for somebody to get on the couch. <laughs> um, but she seems to truly think it's a sign of weakness. And maybe that's going to be her biggest downfall. Like, maybe that's the lesson to learn from this season is like, what happens when you don't have a filter? It can show and reveal the darkest parts of a person. It can show moments and, uh, um, you know, scenes and opportunities for really shitty behavior to happen. Maybe if Jen had a filter, she wouldn't have committed crimes. Or maybe, I mean, honestly, we're sitting here, again, if you're comparing, you know, Beverly Hills, there was, there's too many filters on Beverly Hills. Yes, agreed. So the fact that there is a few less in Salt Lake City is, uh, whether it makes it better or at least a different experience. I, You know, I wasn't watching Salt Lake City until I was. And then I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> so obviously- Are you all in? This is news for me. Are you really all in? You know what will be even more news is my favorite character on that show might actually be Whitney. 
Uh, I know. I'm into that. I like that for you. Because not only does she bring these women to an event that is dictated by the sun, where they give like indigenous blankets, she manages to get like hip cutouts that go with the indigenous blanket. Like she's like fashion. She's like got like, but she's full in. And I just think that's an incredible accomplishment. If you can somehow marry, um, celestial uh, chakra cleansing things with opportunities to expose like your hips, your boobs, cakes. I mean, she's, she's giving it all. She's giving it all. And I am motorboating all of it. No, no, I'm gay. I I can say that. that she was like you know opening up a, a world or an experience that these women wouldn't necessarily otherwise have had which is no I i'm being i'm being sincere that whitney is my favorite i'm being insincere yes. about the event although i do the think i do think the event was a success and i'll tell you why the woman who ran it said and i quote and i type this she said <laughs> You, by the time this is done, you'll be open to the highest good the universe wants for you. And that's wow. ha- that happened because it was all a shit show after that. So the universe wants no good for these women. <laughs> Nothing. The universe is like, you're, you get this dinner and that's it. You get meat and potatoes. Figurative. Enjoy in your white outfits. That's what the- Lights out. Lights out, literally and figuratively. Should now uh, is it the only thing? The only thing I have to add about Salt Lake is mm-hmm. just really about Meredith's fashion and the fact that at one point at the dinner she said uh, that I'm going to go change and I'll be right back, and it sounded like a threat. I was like, oh, what, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> what is she going to come back wearing? Anyway, uh, it's Meredith wearing jeans to that all white event was a threat. Meredith wearing a gray top and denim on denim was Meredith's fashion threat. The salt salt the Lake, well, I feel like the reunion looks, and that brings us back to one, are completely uh, emblematic of sort of the Salt Lake aesthetic. I do want to shift gears a little bit and get your thoughts on OC. I have one, well, I have a few. Who do, who, who do, you, who do you want first? Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with your obsession with Shannon Bedore. Um, I stand for Shan. I, Hashtag I stand for Shan. Uh, and I I love that you have her as the hero in this like battle against the villain of Heather Dubrow. Uh, <laughs> I think that I hadn't really considered Heather as a villain until a, a little bit more into it. You guys were talking about it. I was like, you know what? I I that is actually true. She's kind of she's kind of like the monster character of the season, and she's definitely a character i don't she's the oc in general i've i I find to be um i don't like it i'm just gonna say that at all you don't like the season at all um i find it really irritating because i don't believe what so with salt lake city and they don't have filters and i'm like in the oc i really don't believe anything that they say heather is completely scripted completely scripted this new girl noella i don't even have a descriptor for her i just she's she's giving too much and everything she says is i don't buy any of it i don't buy i just she's just coming in hot all the time everything she says is just 
bizarre and weird and people are like yeah she came in she understood the assignment I was like I, I have no interest in seeing this girl on my screen I have no interest in seeing that other girl on my screen apparently she's gone the one with the wacky makeup and who sued the Dubrows mm. that whole storyline to me is crazy the fact that she's been friends with this woman for years and somehow Shannon is the problem uh by mentioning it um mm -hmm. and meanwhile Emily is bringing up the whole uh, lawsuit between, was it Dr. Jen, essentially doing exactly what Shannon did, but somehow it's funny when Emily does, but when Shannon does it, it's duplicitous. And I will, you, you will lose more than my friendship as I tremble and tell you. It's just like. I mean, it is fascinating that Heather on camera threatened Shannon, likely off camera threatened Nicole, albeit probably in a nicer, kinder, gentler way, but still a threat is a threat. And yet Noella revealed something I would argue is way more damaging than um, a lawsuit against a doctor, which is the fact that Heather maybe assaulted members of production. And we don't get a single flashback aside from Noella being like, what's happening? And a producer being like, I don't know, bad stuff. Like, they're not, I don't think that they're going to show us an ounce of what really happened. But going off of what, you know, regardless of how much of a performance it feels with Noella, and I totally agree with you, it does. God bless somebody who's willing to, like, immediately attempt to slay the dragon or at least say, guess what? I'm holding a sword, but um, it's kind of on you because I saw what just happened with that other battle. And I was like, Ooh, gotta be armed. Like she really, she said the thing that nobody was going to say that she said on camera. And I, I believe that it happened based off of Heather's reaction, which was what I believe that it happened. I need to see more before I believe it happened. I want to believe it happened. I want to believe that she's an abusive maniac and she's throwing cameramen left and right. I want to believe that because that 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 tracks for me with her. However, at first, unless I misheard, Noella's like, I was there. I was a witness and I heard it. And then the next thing she says right. is someone told her that it happened. I was like, well, which was it? Did you, did you, are you a witness or are you a secondhand witness? And Heather's reaction actually, I mean, granted, all of her laughter this season has been like crazy forced joker laughter. Like when you said yeah. like she threatened, uh, what's her face, Nicole? That was the, mm -hmm. that the was police. that was the threat. It was like crazy manic laughter in her face, which was basically like, I will murder you, but see how I'm, la mm -hmm. I'm gonna laugh about it. I don't, I think that if, if in fact that happened, and production was not going to give even a mini something, I don't think they would have put that in the cut. I don't think they would have allowed Noella to say that if there, if there was kind of any shred to it. That's my, because if they were going to cover it up, they would have covered it up by not including that. That's I my, I could they be wrong. Talked about Nini's, they talked about Nini's closet without ever showing it, without really showing oh, it. Oh, but you knew it happened based on what you were seeing and Portia came out of that closet. She was, I was scared and something was ripped. And like, there was, there was, there was kind of ancillary, there was other things going on that sort of led to a painting of a picture, which you're, we never saw, but you mm -hmm. saw the barreling into this, the that. I didn't see enough of what happened to think, to believe yet. Could it, could something come up? Sure. Do I hope it does? Absolutely. Do I want to see blood and flesh under Heather Dubrow's nails? A hundred percent. Do I believe it now? Uh... 
I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I'm curious how this is going to come up at the reunion because on social, Heather and Emily and others in the cast are, are hyping the reunion uh, ostensibly to either watch Heather attempt to take down Noella or take down Noella or whatever else. It's like a very much like a, ooh, wait till the reunion when scores are settled. And I wonder how this is going to come across because my guess is that there have been uh, a series of conversations between Heather and production about how this is going to be discussed, similar to the series of conversations that happened between Heather and production the day she found out about the lawsuit that delayed production by however many hours at her dinner where nobody ate. You know, oh, like, I believe a lot more happened there than yeah than aired. What we were shown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the whole like can't wait for the reunion just sounds like marketing BS. Like you're on episode what one half? Like the reunion is a million <laughs> miles away. Uh, as far away as Mykonos, wherever that is. Um, and by the time the reunion comes, people are probably going to forget this because it, unless it continues to be a storyline, which once again, I hope it does. I, I want to know that Heather has murdered someone behind the scenes and that there's a body that is being hidden. That's my secret wish. I just, so far, I'm just kind of like, Noella, and it really for me was her going, I heard it. And then it was like, I heard of it. And I was like, ooh, that's a different thing. Yeah, it also like goes to question the idea of skeletons in the closet. Like what what is going to be the thing that a cast member will say to either attempt to trigger or fuck with someone or maybe take them down? Like in the case of Noella saying that to Heather, I think it's purely to fuck with her. Like she knows that this isn't going to be that, that she knows the amount of power that Heather yields and she also knows that everybody has a sweet spot. I think that's why the Jen consistently on Salt Lake bringing up Meredith's alleged affairs or or I know this stuff and I'm going to con- continue referring the, referencing it doesn't work because you're attempting to get at this person with a skeleton in the closet meanwhile you're facing ch- you know, federal charges. It's really like franchise specific. And within some of these franchises, watching someone use what would traditionally be maybe a great little serve or a great little uh, insult or comeback is just flailing in the wind. Like it's not working at all versus saying that on Orange County, if someone brought up somebody's questions of adultery or uh, you know, being faithful in a relationship according to whatever they assume that person's relationship is like behind closed doors. Like, yeah, that would probably land pretty well. It's just wild to see this stuff come up. And it's wild to see that Noelle is utilizing production in order to do it. I think I find it fascinating. Do you, I know that you kind of don't necessarily love to get so, so in the weeds off the show in terms of social in terms of social, but also that you fully are in the weeds off of social, meaning the whole um, Noelle is saying, oh, she had me show up in the middle of her, you know, uh, pitching project, you know, products, whatever. And then yeah. Heather going, here are the texts that show I told her. And then Noelle going, well, I was waiting in my car and I was told to come in this. Like the reason why I, I find Noella to be really bogus is she, if you imagine that in a literal linear timeline you have noel like noella and heather having like hearts and emojis and see you soon and then her coming in uh, and then her waiting in the parking lot this whole time while heather sets up whatever 
whether she had her come in at that moment or not, whatever. But then Noella comes in on, on the show, it's all cheery, oh, hi, how are you, whatever, whatever. And then it takes a turn when clearly they had already had negative bullshit happening in the driveway while she had to go pee, wait to go pee and then go back to her car. Like, because, the, because Noella was obviously, uh, she's either fake to get there fake in the drama, fake when she gets there and is making nicey nice and then turns it like it's there's it, there's so many like moments of fakeness that I'm just kind of like it all just seems like this I said to you before I think OC is the first scripted housewives show that Bravo has had um, with this season I just feel like everything is um, staged I think the whole thing with Shannon meeting with Emily and Gina, and then Gina having the whole thing where Heather, I just have to tell you because I was in a situation where I was, and she tells that story six times. It all just seems like so like pre-plotted and, and it, it, it doesn't seem organic to me. I hear you on organic. I do though wonder there's a difference between staging and strategy and the idea that like the scripting of it, just the, the use of that term, I mean, I think a lot of it ends up being these women deciding and setting in their own terms, and maybe that's naive of me, like what it is they're trying to do, what their goal is, and how they're going to get it. Like maybe they have a target of somebody or they have they feel like there's an opportunity here, or maybe they're like, okay, this will set the storyline for this season. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a producer being like, okay, and then you're going to go over here and X and Y, noting that, you know, you're a – creator and a director and a showrunner and a mm -hmm. script doctor right. and a writer so like I can truly go fuck myself but um you know for the second time today but um I just kidding that's totally a joke guys that's totally <laughs> totally a joke I'm coming in hot I'm coming in hot <laughs> My God, you and you and no, wasn't that her whole thing? Her whole scripted line. I know. Was like, I think that's why it was. I, I think I that's why I said yeah. it. I was so annoyed when she said it because I actually thought that was her attempting to be like, "Ooh, and I'm sexy. Like I'm going to talk about these things." And I was honestly charmed by Gina's response. I think Gina sees Noella for who she is, or. Gina doesn't care and she's like I'm just, I just want to make you feel good and like I'm here for you and oh my god you masturbated like good for you like that's incredible I I did not love that moment because I felt yeah. like Noella was doing was doing a lot and I was like this does not feel organic to me but maybe that's just because I would not organically say it says the person who just made a joke about it 30 seconds ago well you're the point that you're about to make which you were making and I'll and, and I'll and I'll actually agree with it and say I don't think you're saying like I don't think it's as scripted as like putting words in their mouths and I, that's not what I'm, I'm, I don't think partially because I don't think that some of these women are capable of actually following a script in that way. So I don't think that they are, I don't think it's scripted in the sense of like, you go here, you do this, you say that. I think the individual women, are, I mean, in some ways I do think that's the case. I think Heather is definitely like, she's, she's, she's almost the producer that Bethany wants to be if she were to come back to New, New York, the whole, uh, the allegation that she wants a producer I credit, mean, which who knows, but again fits with the brand um yeah. but heather seems to have that unofficially with the oc now so i do buy that there is potentially some you know um 
like something, some sort of like handshaking going on behind the scenes with that. Um, but I don't think that, I think when I say scripted, I feel like they're like that whole thing with Noella going, you know, I got the flowers, but then the good news, I masturbated, whatever. Like that to me, it was like something that she had pre-planned. Yes, say. agreed. So it's like yes. they're, 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 the, 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 the moments and everything just feel very, the only one that doesn't feel pre-planned is Nicole. And she just seems like she's a deer in headlights in every scene, doesn't know what's going on and then had to bail. Like she couldn't keep up with all the, um, the, the plotting. The fact that Emily just has a fucking burrito in this hot steam room, come on. I had a- Oh my God, I love I had a burrito in my purse. Wah, wah. No. Come it was on. turkey and I loved that moment. I was like, I don't know. OC has my heart a little bit this season. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've, I've, I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to really ask know. you a question and I'm going to say something that's going to devastate you. Perfect. My question for you is, and be honest, do you really okay. think Emily just happened to suddenly have low blood sugar and a turkey sub or whatever in her purse? I don't think she w realized how how bad that steam room was going to be. And like maybe she packed a lunch or or well, I don't know. I don't care. Okay. You know what the answer is? I don't, I don't care. care. That's I enjoyed okay. it. I enjoyed great, it. Great, I don't I don't I great. don't care. It it landed for me. Great. And the fact that she's happened, like it but it's turkey. <laughs> I mean okay, fine. And no, I thought it was great. Cool. I loved it. Here's the kiss. Here's the devastating and comment. That chef made turkey. Here's the devastating okay. comment that Okay. I hope, but because you said that you have been a negligent friend, just remember you said that, and this will be what yeah, I you, do you to you. To what? You want Shannon to leave? No, I will say I didn't miss her when she wasn't really around much with the rest of this week. Oh, is that what? I'm going to say. Wait, what are you, what I'm are you just, trying to say? I'm trying, trying to say, to say that I actually found a, a giant black cloud removed from the proceedings with Shannon not in town for the other stuff going on. I was like, everything isn't so wow. great, but it also isn't so depressing. Why is that? <laughs> oh, it's because, <laughs> it's because Debbie Downer is not swinging by, playing catch with the dog and even the dog won't throw it back to her. I'm like, come on. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing so hard. Cause it's true, She they would like, that would be. I do want to see that scene of her throwing a ball at Archie and Archie just like laying there in the in the. That happened. Door. That was on the I show. Mean... <laughs> she threw it, and then she even said, "Hi, mom. I threw the ball. He didn't want anything to do with it." <laughs> I remember that Archie, I remember being like, oh my God, that dog <laughs> needs to go on an antidepressant. But like, I forgot that there right. was an actual ball. Or where the, or where her daughter's like, I really want to be with this guy because it really was something that I never had when I grew up. <gasps> that that makes me moment. feel really bad. Okay. Oh. And I've seen this scene before. Like, yeah. So I will say that unless Shannon like takes some like stripper pole classes or like lightens up in some way. I'm just- Oh my just, God, I would love that. I, right, it, and she won't, and she won't. Um, but yeah, I will, I will say that I did notice her absence and not in a negative way. Love you. Oh. Wow, well on that note, <laughs> we literally need to wrap. Okay. Well, let's How just say, and just like that sucks. You? And that's our conversation. We, I haven't watched the last episode of, uh, and just like that, and try not to spoil it, but you can spoil it with me offline. What, what's your, what are you thinking? What it's, it's real bad. It's, I haven't watched the last episode. Oh yeah. No. And just like that. 
Uh, no, it's just, it's a snuff. I thought the second movie was the snuff film where I was like watching my favorite characters get murdered one by one in front of me, but that's actually in Just Like That. And they're actually literally getting knocked off one by one in front of me. <laughs> Um, oh, no. It's oh, just, no. it's, it's, I mean, it's the, 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 no, I'm not adding anything to some conversations because everyone knows like justice for Steve. Everyone knows Miranda has been fully like invasion of the body snatchers. Everyone knows it's so cringy with it's like everything. Everyone knows that it, it, the pace is slower and the women are all portrayed as 120 years old and Carrie is mm-hmm. now like, doesn't like talking about sex and, uh, Miranda's now a cheater extraordinaire and like Harry is the literal walking dead like he just comes into every scene and now like, looking like the crypt keeper it just the whole show is the whole show's rough rough I, I I will say I hate watch it and it that part brings me joy I have um a select group of friends who all absolutely loathe the show and mm. um it's it's a it's 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 a bonding experience, I think because of that because the, I think hating on this show makes my friends and I the real soulmates. I mean, I have to say there's a difference to me between a hate watch and a dread watch, and I'm doing the dread watch of it. Like I don't look forward to watching it to such an extent that I haven't. I forgot to watch the last episode, and in the last set in less than a week. I watched Yellowstone seasons one through four, which I cannot more highly recommend, and Cheer season two, which is extremely tough at many points and not just because of the shocking news around Jerry's arrest. But uh, I, the fact that I had time to watch nine million hours of television and can't find it in me to watch or really force myself to remember that there is new and just like that content is like a real Debbie Downer moment for me because I want I want it to succeed. I just think it's a fucking shit show. I don't like it. There, it was it was destined to it was never going to win because the original show is incredible and everyone is just going to bitch about it. And so it I, it, I went into it going, it's never going to be as good. Don't just it's going to be like all the rage to just rage about it. So I wanted to give it a chance and just within a few seconds, I was like, oh no. Um, But the fact that you watch it with dread instead of hate tells me that you have some sort of hope for it, which I, I I think is inspiring. I don't I don't have, I mean, I think I had hope definitely, but I don't think I have it anymore. I think I, I dread it because I, because it's so joyless. It's, there's nothing worse than this show, which brought so much joy to so many people it feels like it's going to remove joy that I cannot afford not to have by watching. Uh, so the same thing that I, you know how they, they I can compartmentalize. And so uh, I, I'm a hundred percent convinced that the series does not exist in the same, it's part of like the, you know, the multiverse. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this show is not a continuation of sex in the city, sex in the city, for me ended with uh, Carrie and Big in Paris. The first movie didn't exist. The second movie didn't exist. And just like that didn't exist. And because Sex and the City was like a perfect show in and of itself. Um, So that's why I can hate watch this one because just a lot of people doing old people cosplay, um, stuff that makes no sense. uh, Like Carrie somehow is famous and uh, wrote about, you know, had a, 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 
a, a, an amazing column. She was in the cover of a magazine. She married a billionaire, bestsellers and everything. And then somehow it's a slum, no offense on a podcast. <laughs> and on that note, and just like that. Anyway, I mean, I could continue, but that really does feel like a great ending. And just like that, I was never invited back again. <laughs> You want to, if you want to donate to uh, Sarah's Patreon, please sign up. Give her a five star <laughs> review, um, and five star only because it really does help. And definitely come to the next AG Kiki. Um, we need a ticket sellout for sure. <laughs> and uh, if anyone wants a couch, we'll see you in ten. Uh, I couldn't have done it better myself, so I won't try, except I will. Um, where can people follow you on social? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the work that they can watch. And especially, guys, if you have any thoughts about anything we discussed that you disagree with, regardless of who said it, slide into James's DMs. <laughs> well, James? Uh, yeah, if you want to send me a uh, hate mail and one-star reviews, it's at James LaRosa on Instagram and Twitter, which I no longer use Twitter, but well, I do kind of. Anyway, uh, everything I'm working on right now I can't talk about, which is fun and exciting. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, and that's all I got. And I do love you, Sarah. I love you too. And I also love all of the Patreon AGs as you said. <laughs> <laughs> of which I am one and I will remain. You are, are you? Even after the death threats, I will remain. Am I? Um, I oh my God. I, I could have bought so six. Sorry. I could have bought six people's people's Coffee. couches with the amount of money. Wow. Oh my God. I love you. So thank you for the cash that I will not be returning. Um, guys, number one way to support the pod. I have a bonus episode going up shortly and you guys know the drill. You support the pod best way. So do it, my favorite. Um, and you get bonus episodes and invites to special events and so much more. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on social at Dame Galley uh, on Instagram. And uh, I think that's all there. I mean, can we say and just like that for the 900th time? Is that possible? James Rosa, thanks for coming back on EG. I can't wait to yell at you about some stuff that you said as soon as we're finished recording. Everybody, this I need I need you to go to Mary's church and pray for me immediately. <laughs> and find her new office space, because I guess she's looking. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. I hope you're all okay. We'll chat with you soon. Bye-bye.